Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, listeners. Welcome to this episode today. Great to have you with us. And, uh, of course, this is a mashup that we are bringing to you. The mashups are whereby we'll bring certain snippets from different episodes, bring them together, and that's what we call a mashup. And uh, looking forward to today's mashup, where I've got two wonderful guests uh, from episode 281. Swami Raoti, he is, uh, the, the episode uh, title is called Generate a Growth Mindset. And then, of course, from episode 282, Mark Hirschberg, Leading Your Career. Both people, or both individuals, are sharing some really, really cool insights and wisdom on these two different interviews. So sit back and enjoy the mashup. Who's your favorite leader and why? You know, one of my favorite leaders, and, and I really did not know about this person for a long time. But when I think about different people who have had impact on a very large scale, my choice will be surprising, but he would be Deng Xiaoping of China. You know, the ability for one single individual to change the course of country and figure out a way to leave a legacy wherein even after he is gone, the country continues to prosper and do well. That's phenomenal. And if I really look at the arc of history and how he shifted an entire country, the aspirations, how he reframed what China should be doing from what it was doing is truly precious. So there would be a lot of people who would not know, I personally did not know, but being to China for the last 30 years, since 91, I've been going there and I've seen the development of China and it's truly phenomenal. I mean, I do not, I have not seen any other country move up so sharply, so quickly at that scale. Oh, that's cool. Here's a question I'm just going to, I've just thought of, I'm just going to pull out of the out of, out of the hat here, and that is if you two were sitting down together on a on a park bench, so the leader you just spoke about, and you, you're having a coffee together, what question would you ask him? My question would be, how did he keep himself together throughout that process? Because it was not easy, the transformation which he brought about. I mean, the more I learn about history, the more I read about history, the more I understand the challenges to have energy grit, perseverance to see through it and yet be radically cruel the way an outside world would see it when needed because it was important decision for China was phenomenal. And uh, he did not stay a prisoner of his image. He was willing to break his own mold if 
if it was called for. And that's something which I've not seen with many leaders. I think when leaders become larger than life, they tend to get framed and then they hesitate to break the shell. Mm. And that's sad when it happens too, because I think you're so right. I mean, bringing energy, grit and perseverance is really important while at the same time being cool to the outside world. It's almost like the swan or the duck on the lake gliding along looking beautifully. But you and I know that underneath those feet are going 10 or those web feet are going 10 to the dozen. And I think if you said what you just said, there was like, wow, that's huge. He wasn't a prison a prisoner of his own image. And he broke that mold as well. I think that's, that is very powerful. Too many leaders get stuck behind a title, have this yeah. image out there. They think they need to be something that they're not. And all you and I want is just them to be them. Yeah. Bring them their best self along. Yeah. And, and societies and your audiences will tend to frame you over a period of time. And it is hard not to fall in love with your own image. But if the context calls for doing something which is different from what people have framed you, you should have the courage to do it and not be a prisoner of what will the world say. And when I look at how he has done a few things, he was very much willing to throw his image and take some really cold, hard calls when they were needed. Right. Because I was just going to ask you, Swami, for our listeners here, if if they are thinking about themselves or they see a leader that's stuck in that image, what can they do to be for that courage? What could they do? So any ideas on what they could do to break the mold? I mean, that is something which I would have asked uh, Deng yeah. if I was having a coffee with him. But, you know, Tiananmen Square is what everyone remembers. He could have taken a popular call and allowed things to go, but he actually chose to repress this surpri- the uprising the way an Anglo-Saxon media would portray it. But there was a cold-hearted reason why he did that. And when you look at the people who were with him, who were equally shocked at his call, that is something which I would love to understand from him. How did he bring himself about to do things which no one expected him to do? Yeah, that'll be amazing to hear hear or learn in relation to that. Now, the show here, Swami, is called Leadership is Changing. When I talk about that title, or I you know, mention it, or I mention that saying, what does that mean to you? Dennis, when I think about leadership and when I think about whom I used to get fascinated by or charmed by when I started my career, these were people who were really wise, knowledgeable, had a good worldview. They really had access to information that probably many did not have, including me. And and today when I think about leadership, Access to information is universal. Whoever wants to make an effort can access information. And leadership today probably means different things to me. It's about not being a know-all, but being willing to be a learn-all. Someone willing to understand different sets of circumstances, context, and occasionally willing to roll up the sleeves, get into trenches, and figure out things jointly so that we are clear about the purpose, but we are willing to take different actions to achieve those end goals. So I would say the difference would be more from a know-all to someone who is willing to learn, someone who is willing to be flexible, still being fixated on the same purpose and goal, not losing that, but willing to mend and bend to make things happen. So you're saying, I think what you see there just in summary is not to be a know-all, but to be a learn-all and learn as much as you can, be flexible. Mm -hmm. Great way of putting it. Who's your favorite leader and why? 
There is a new one who's come up that's probably high on everyone's list. We are recording this mid-March, and Zelensky has just been showing phenomenal leadership in any age by any standard. Since it's a little new and almost feels a little like an easy one, I'm going to go with my more traditional answer. But I, I want to give a shout out to him for the amazing things he is doing right now. My traditional yep. number one leader is Abraham Lincoln, who had to deal with just the most volatile time in U.S. history as the country was tearing itself in two, had the leadership, the courage, the vision to take the country down a very difficult path and keep us together. And that is not easy to do. Mm, that is spot on because taking the country down a difficult path, but still keeping people, everyone together, that's the key in it. That's really, and I think there's a lot of leaders out there even today in organizations and so forth, that if the leader makes a decision about where the business is going, the leader could be the board of directors or it could be the CEO, whatever it is, if they're going to go down that track, not everyone may buy into it, may, may, may find there's a little bit of division happening within the company, but keeping everyone together, that's the key. That's huge. And that's when you look at Zelensky, just to give another shout out, this is a man who his country, he could have easily putting his personal safety first. He could have left and said, no, no, keep fighting. It's bad. But putting himself there front and center, taking on the risk personally, he has unified his country in a way that really just takes him to a whole other level. And what a lot of people don't know, it's easy to say, okay, right now we see what he's doing. When he got the presidency a couple of years ago, he knew what was coming. This is not Ukraine all of a sudden said, we had no idea. They had been planning. He had built up the military last few years. He knew what was coming. And so he also did the preparation work that put them in this position. Too many leaders are reactionary and the best leaders see what's coming, set their people up to be prepared for certain likely scenarios. Fantastic. Yep, you're too right. And I actually, I do every Friday an Ask Dennis freestyle kind of episode. And a couple, couple of episodes back, I did one, Leaders Don't Abandon the Ship. And I talked about the Italian captain of that cruise ship that sort of sunk a few years ago. And I think 36 people died. And he abandoned the ship while there were still 300 passengers on board, right? And then I talk about Zelensky as well, as well, not abandoning the ship, staying there and totally going, you know, saying what you just said there and about it. And I think you're so right. I think it's he had the vision, thought about what was going to happen, strategized, put a plan in place, implemented it, executed it. And now, as you said, it takes guts. It takes courage and being bold to actually stand your ground and be there. And I think you, by you actually using him as an example, I think it's spot on. Then relate that to Abraham Lincoln, the example you just given there too. Same thing, stood his ground. And let's look at some counter examples that are going to come up. I'm making this prediction in March of 2022. Right now, the world is saying, we stand with Ukraine. Yes, we oppose Russia very bad. We're seeing oil prices spike. Here is we're recording in March 2022. Oil prices are spiking. We're saying it's the right thing to do. Six months from now, when there is massive pain at the pump, six months from now, when we're going into summer in EU and in North America, but as we get into the fall, as we see heating prices rise, as it gets really painful, nowhere near as painful as what the Ukrainians are going through, will the politicians who today are saying, you know, we need to take on this pain because it's the right thing to do. Will they still do so? We know that individual people are going to say, this is hard. This is hurting my wallet. Will those politicians have the courage to say, this is the right thing to do, both morally to support the Ukrainians, 
as well as practically, if we stop Russia today, it is cheaper than if we have to stop them tomorrow in Poland, in Norway, and other countries. But it will be easy for the politicians to say, okay, you know what? You're complaining. I'm going to pander to you. We're going to do things that will lower the cost. And that's going to get me reelected, even though that's not the right long-term strategy. And I think we're going to see some leadership failures down the road. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. And, and I like what you said about the election times, right? They're going to be reelected. And so they're going to do what they want to do to make sure they get reelected. Maybe we get you back on the show six, seven months from now and see what's going on and saying, see, told you so. Be interesting. Hold me to it right or wrong. Yeah, that'd be cool. Very good. Hey, um, the show here is called Leadership is Changing. When I mentioned the show's title or that statement, what does that mean for you? I have a section in my leadership chapter on the myth of the alpha male. When you think about a leader, go back especially 20, 30, 40 years, but we see it somewhat today. Think about the image of the leader. And if you're not clear how to think about this person, look at Hollywood movies, look at TV, Look at who is the leading man. Who is the hero of the movie? I don't just mean action movie. Okay, that's the person who shoots the bad guy, James Bond saves the world. But the corporate leader, the corporate person who is the leading man, what is his behavior? And what we typically saw was this stereotype, this almost macho, did not show emotion, made quick decisions and stuck to them, wouldn't take gruff from anyone. And that was our vision of a leader. And unfortunately, we still carry some of that today. But really, the best leaders, they might not make snap decisions. They might say, hey, I need to think about this. I don't have the answer offhand. Now, we don't want someone who goes back and forth and back and forth, make a decision, stick to it. But it doesn't mean you have to make a decision on the spot. It doesn't mean you can't be emotional. We now, in today's society, if a man cries, that's okay. When I was a kid growing up, that was seen as a sign of weakness. And so we're starting to recognize these old views of what a leader has to be, which was very masculine, stereotypical, no longer holds. Unfortunately, I think there's still some vestiges of that and people still look to those qualities in a leader. And that unfortunately leads us down a bad path because we're looking for these attributes as opposed to what is true leadership. And so some people get misled. Hmm. The myth of the alpha male, like it. And that's a, that's a, a section in the chapter of the book, which would be good. So listeners, check out this book, The Career Toolkit. I think it's going to be worthwhile for you to check it out because Mark's sharing some wonderful insights with us. And I think, Mark, about the leadership side of things, leaders are having to change. They're actually having to be different than what it was when you and I were growing up as, as, as young kids and that. And so totally different as it is. And I don't know about you, but for me, I'm finding that over the last couple of years, in fact, a lot of those attributes you just talked about is getting louder and louder from people. They wanting leaders to be more real, transparent, and so forth. And I'm hearing it more. I'm not sure if, whether you are too. Yeah, I think we are. We want to see a leader who's vulnerable, who can show emotion and relate to us and isn't this superhuman, perfect person. Because we know that's not true. In fact, even during the pandemic, the fact that we, we've all seen that your kid or your pet runs into the Zoom. Five years ago, he was saying, yeah, that's a little unprofessional. And I go, yeah, that's normal. And you know what? This CEO, as you're doing a town hall with 5,000 people, and the CEO says, hey, listen, my baby's crying. I have to hold her. Go, Oh, hey, I have that problem too. I can relate. He understands me. This is good. I like him more. So I think laying people in and showing you're not perfect and showing the reality, I think that's something people really connect to today, as you point out. 
Okay, good. Let's let's stay with the the actual theme around leadership is changing here, and we talk about your book, the Career Toolkit, and I'm talking thinking more about leaders now developing themselves to move on to bigger roles, onto another role, maybe even going out and starting their own business, becoming an entrepreneur, consultant, that type of thing. What are your thoughts about today? Because I mean, a lot of leaders used to be in a role for five, 10, 15 years, where now it's a lot quicker, two years, 80 months, and so forth. What do you reckon leaders need to do nowadays to stay ahead of the curve and make sure that they're developing themselves going forward to enable them to move into these other careers or into a business? You need to be intentional and have a career plan. And here's the part that kills me. If your CEO came to you and she said, This is a major project. You have to work on this the next two years. It is absolutely critical. Two years, go. What do you do? Do you say, okay, I understand, really important. Call you up in two years and cross our fingers. Hopefully we get there. She's not going to accept that. She's going to say, no, I want to see a project plan. I want to have milestones. I want you to check in. I want to know how we're doing. And that's what we do. We create that project plan. We create a budget. We create a timeline. Now, we know with that project, we don't say, well, here's what I'm doing on day 562. I have no idea. But I have that overall time frame. I know what I'm doing near term. The rest is a little fuzzier. And then I update as I go. I'll figure out quarter number seven in quarter number five or six. And that's okay. But when it comes to our career and you say, okay, you want to be here in five years, people say, yeah, but how the heck am I going to know what I'm doing year two, three, four? I can't plan that far ahead. And so they toss up their hands and go nowhere. So just like what we do for our projects at work, you need to do that for your life because this is that critical project that determines so much of your success or failure. So we need to create a plan. And similar to how we do our project planning, I get a little more specific into the details in chapter one of my book, but think about that plan. It's okay if it's going to be fuzzier further out. And it's absolutely okay if you refine it and change it along the way, perfectly normal. So don't get into analysis paralysis. Don't think it's too big and complex complex, not having a plan. That's like not having a plan for your work projects. You know that's going to lead to failure. Yeah, I love the analogy. I think you're spot on. That's really cool. So listeners, don't get complacent. Don't sit back. Uh, think about your career as a project as a and pull together a plan and be intentional. I uh, like what Mark said there about being intentional because if we are intentional and deliberate and we go out and then do things, who knows where you may end up? Well, think about it. Pull a plan together and get it underway and see how we go. Wow, listeners, I hope you got a lot out of that one. Wow, what Mark and Swami have shared, both of them, has been fantastic. And just imagine where you are today in your career as a leader and where do you want to go. Uh, Definitely, you should check out that episode, episode 282 by Mark Hirschberg and I, and it's called Leading Your Career. If you really enjoyed what Swami had to share, go and check out that episode as well. Episode 281, Generate a Growth Mindset. Today, we need that growth mindset and uh, some wonderful wisdom and insights uh, shared by Swami on that topic indeed. Listeners, hey, it's always a pleasure being with you. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.